Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast for the best shows on TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And tonight is Fear the Walking Dead. Um, the episode was uh, 103, and it's called The Dog. Um, I guess it's kind of fitting. Uh, it was kind of short and sweet, and not very, much of the plot. You know, Very small percentage of the episode, though. Yeah, yeah. And I, I hate to start this with a gripe, but that whole dog scene was not fulfilling or believable to me but we'll dive into that later but yeah that's the way i'm gonna go but uh before we get into anything else guys we uh we've been really appreciating a lot of the feedback and some positive comments Uh, you can always reach us at bleed tv podcast at gmail.com as well as at bleed tv podcast on twitter uh we also have a facebook page we have uh our own little website which is bleed tv.podbean.com Anything y'all can send us, any comments, reviews, we'd love to stick them in the show, uh, but we're going to get with it. Uh, who, the director tonight, was Adam Davidson again, right? I think so. Yeah, and then the writer, you, you, I think you nailed the name. What was it? It's Jack Lowe, like Goodice or something? Goodice or yeah. Goodice. I don't. It's a very unique name, um, <laughs> which we know all about. Adam, we talked about before. Jack, he's a he's a writer from some of the original Sons of Anarchy uh, arcs, you know. Uh, so if it's SOA, I, I I'm down with it. I enjoy it. I'm sure there's a connection to Dave Erickson since he was a big SOA guy myself, or himself. Sorry, um, but uh, I thought overall the episode was good but it did have some big flaws that's what i told a lot of people i was blogging with and facebook and stuff um but what were your thoughts on it Ooh, i'm pretty rough on it <laughs> i'd say i liked about 10 percent and 90 percent bothered God. me uh no i don't think it was that bad i think it uh <laughs> Like I said, there, there, there's a lot of things to swallow this show, but you just need to put yourself in that mindset of where they are and what their information is they know. And I think that's a tough thing to bite into, especially being a Walking Dead fan and knowing where it's going from. I think it's a lot of struggle a lot of people have. I don't know what your struggle is, but that's what I feel like the struggle is. Um, but, you know, let's dive into the show. I mean, it opens up, you know, with them in the barbershop. And, you know, there's rioting outside and... Again, I'll start with the first gripe is that, you know, he's looking out there and all of a sudden there's somebody staring at him calm and just, you know, and judging by the eyes, you, you're, you're assuming this is, a, this is a turned person. Why they would be focused on this and not all that live bait running around out there has yet, to, I was just kind of like, it was more about the scene than it was about the realistic part they've been portraying. Yeah, that they really wanted, bothered me. They wanted some cool cinematography and a cool little horror scene. But he's standing too still. He's not paying attention to the, all the, like you say, live meat and bait running around. 
it, it's one more thing that doesn't fit into the rules that they've already established. Yeah, they create the rule set. These things are attracted to sound, noise, smell, things that we know. And look, he's sitting there staring at it, although a hole. I mean, come on. Come on. You can't have that guy or that zombie in the same episode you have the Susan zombie, which spends a good eight hours staring through a fence with her arm reached out, reaching yeah. towards where she knows there's some yeah, it, people. It, it cancels its own rule. It, it, it's, yeah. Very silly. I, yeah, I, I, that, I mean, I liked the scene, and yeah, it was kind of edgy and cool, but I immediately went, well, that's crap. That doesn't, that doesn't work. So that, that did bother me. Um, but I was very happy we didn't spend more than five minutes in the barbershop. You know, I didn't, oh, wanna, I didn't want the, the barn of season two to be the barbershop of, you know, this Ugh. season. Could you imagine them staying there multiple days and divided from the other group? I was what I was fearing more than anything. Um, but speaking of it, like, I am glad they jumped out of there. But ugh, then to show us at the house playing Monopoly... No, not <laughs> hell no. Oh, I mean that didn't bother me, dude. I mean they were showing a connection to what life was like whenever her husband was alive and before he died, and no. the things they did to bide time to get your mind off things. Yes, I do think, but I think it's realistic. I, I don't have a problem with that. Madison and Nick both know what they're dealing with. Now I realize once again, don't know why they're not telling Alicia what's going on. She's so fragile. But this is where you're, I mean, yeah, they've gathered supplies, but all right, I've been well, making we had weapons. A fee- we had a feedback from Heather who came in and said that a lot of you know people are upset about that. They didn't tell uh, Alicia about things. And why aren't they communicating? Da, 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 da. And she brought up a good point, which I didn't think about is, is that if you communicate that to her, she's immediately going to think about her boyfriend. And that could cause problems and risks like that. And which later in the episode, you did see that, you know, she realizes Susan, the neighbor, is what it is, and she has kind of a little meltdown. It wasn't as catastrophic as I thought it would have been, but it could be a lead into something that happens down the road. But I think that was a semi-good point, why they're sheltering her from it. I just think it's dumb because I want her to know so that she can be prepared if she comes upon one. You know, So it's a double-edged sword. I mean, I get that. But see, in the same breath, I would say... This episode showed us once again that even though Travis is aware of what they're dealing with, all of a sudden he started acting like these people were sick. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in just a second. All right, back at the barbershop, you know, the wall was heating and bubbling. I thought that was a pretty cool effect. Um, you know, him grabbing the razor blade and he's like, put that back. You know, there was, there was some cool little stuff like that. But then they quickly got out of there. There was one detail I did like. You know, when they opened the gate, people started rushing in. And they got out of the way and let them come through, and then took off. I didn't expect that. It felt real. It felt good. Did you? Did you? Did you get that vibe, or do you think that was no uh, left bounds? No, I appreciated that because, as sad as it is, we've seen a lot of looting and stuff like that on the news here recently, and that's what happens once somebody gets a door open to any business. It's just bum rushed, you know. And I realize this was only like six to eight guys running in. But that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that. They step aside. They didn't try to fight to keep people out. Yeah, and they Daniel's just, like, I want to do something about it, and I want to, but there we go. And then it goes outside, and I'm like, Travis, you're a punk. You keep leaving these people behind the entire time they're running. 
And, you know, I guess they had to do that so you get the whole scaffolding falling on her ankle, which is a little convenient. You needed a wounded, you know, that that felt very tropey. Did you get the same vibe? I I can't say that the scaffolding falling was, was tropey, but just of all the ways they could injure her, they went that route, which yeah. was kind of strange. I mean, it like... It's just such a... You know, the fire hose hitting it, she happens to be under it, it lands on her, you know. It would have been more real recognizable or I'm sorry, not recognizable, more realistic if like somebody knocks her down and her head hits into a windshield, you know, or you know, a side of a car or you know, because they get they're separated and so they get caught up with something or, you know, somebody well, swinging th- weapon and it catches her or, you know, something of that nature. I see what they're trying to do with just giving her a lower extremity leg injury because they want you could see that leg looked terrible yeah it was it was gruesome. you know so i know what they're trying to do they're going to try to show i think she's going to be the one who wasn't bit and turns that's going to show the group oh it's not that's not how it's transmitted if you die you turn you know what i mean yeah yeah i understand they're going to realize that she's not she's bit. the example She's yeah. going to be the example, right? Right. I got you. So, uh, I, whether or not it was tropey, I understand what they were trying to do, but I'm with you. I would have liked to have rather seen the water hose hit a guy holding a Molotov and it go off near her after he drops it from being hit or yeah, something. Yeah, like get, and it light burn her leg, leg up, up a little bit, you yeah. know, and when she gets burns and infections that gets the infection. set in faster, and right. she'll, you know, it's not, so, it, it's, man, yeah, that's, that's money right there. I would have been cool with that. Yeah. Um. Then, of course, we talked about it a little bit before the podcast started. The oh pristine, my God, the, the pristine truck, truck was still there without a scratch on it. Now I did go back and watch again, and there was a busted part of the windshield, but no, that's from the wreck. Yeah, but that's it. That's the only damage on the vehicle. I mean, I'm just kind of like that was a big letdown to me because you know we we complained about them giving up on the truck earlier, you know, on the other episode, and then that sucker to be still there, untouched, unscathed. That was a that was a bruh, the balloon letting his air out. You right. Know? And see, like I said, ninety percent meh, ten percent good. This is what I'm talking about. All these little things just keep adding up to me. Right. And I don't want to seem negative, like I'm not enjoying the show. I am, but it is hard for me to remove my knowledge of The Walking Dead. Yeah. And it is hard for me to just buy into some of these little, you know scenarios they're working into so yeah i mean the fact that the truck is fine yeah i would love it if they had to come and he had to hit somebody with a a pipe or something like that that was trying to get in the truck or something you know that'd be great yeah or how about somebody attacking the truck as it's moving or something give it a little bit well when they cranked it up and they started to take off there were people like kind of running at the truck or whatever but man it was too easy Dude, it, was. it would be it, gridlock. It was so convenient. Ah, Where do you it, drive? It would be absolute gridlock. Right. So Madison and Alicia and all them are in the house. And here, God, man, I'm, I'm chewing this episode apart here. Why is my man Nick still in the same grandpa clothes? I don't know. I mean, does this not bother anybody that no. my, my man is his still little, wearing grandpa you know, undies? I mean, his slip on nighty sweater that he's uh, wearing bothers the hell uh, out of me. My wife was watching it and she's like, 
he still has those clothes on. I'm He's like, home. <laughs> I he mean, really has clothes. Come on. Yeah, I just that didn't get me. But you know, like you said, they were playing this um, Monopoly, and you know, and this is where Madison talks about this is like deja vu, and you get deja vu, and you get the background that they were waiting for their husband, and he never came home. You know, original. Get a little bit to it. Um, good little dynamic. You know, they have the candles on and the lights coming on and off and on and off. Um, I do like the lights. That's part of the ten percent I like. I thought that was a good kind of way of showing some tension you know what i mean like adding some yeah it was a good drama thrill. effect that you don't think about the, the timing and the lights coming on and off was really cool especially when they went in that house and the lights came on and like the entire ceiling was like cool old school fluorescent lighting yeah what is that like some 70s man style? it was trippy it wasn't too bad i gotta be honest it was i liked it I, that was really neat it created that really an ambient glow it was right it was a really good mood setter i, I did really enjoy that um you know the dog shows up of course you know you know they're at the window and they hear you know the sound and like that and he, you know he's like the columbo listening up to the door and into the blinds or what you know the drapes he's he just suddenly opens it you know and there's a dog you know and we're like oh, okay there you go and the funny thing is is that the dog didn't bark or do anything until it got in the house do you notice that i mean like it immediately runs over to the front and starts barking did did that seem strange to you i mean I mean, I swear we're just picking little thing, little thing, little things. But it just—it I don't know. It struck me. I was watching it. And I was just kind of like, "Why is now the dog barking? It was already outside. It would have heard, seen, smell. Why does it come inside and start going bananas?" And the fact is, too, that's not their dog. Why is that dog scratching on that glass door? It's not like it was fenced in, you know. That if I was a dog and you act like a dog, you take off. Be gone, right? Here, here's the other thing that really, really, really bothered me: the dog. I'm sorry, an able-bodied man couldn't take that dog down, much less a shambling zombie. Oh no, there's no way. That was a huge letdown to me. That I'm sitting there like, okay, the dog barks, moves around, then all of a sudden you hear, and it's over. And here, I think it was a huge missed opportunity for them to see that dog tear that dude apart, tear his throat out, just yeah, rip him to pieces. Yeah, exactly. Not destroy his head. So no. see it come back after being mangled would have been really cool. Right. Tear its arm off. Do something. You know, no, make it, it don't have to be that because, I mean, that would be a lot. Cause well, I mean, I'm just, let's put this, like it could chew him and make an unbelievable amount of damage yeah. that, okay, this is unreal. Or see the dog latched onto his leg or something like that, and that be how he grabs it and bites it. Right. You know. Another example: even if you bought, I'm sorry, even if you bit a dog in the hide, you're still not going to kill it or hurt it. I'm, you're not going to even barely dog, penetrate it. You, I mean, what do you call it? I mean, the ways you um, you you incapacitate a dog is you get it in a chokehold. You know, but you tell me if you're strong enough, and we're both big guys. You think you could grab? You know, we used to have a German Shepherd. You think you could grab Molly by the neck and hold her and not walk out of there unscathed? I'm sorry, no way. I was lucky enough to witness Molly, our German Shepherd, fight and kill a ten point buck in our front yard. Right. 
And she's a savage animal. And she was 12 years old or something like that at yeah. that time. This dog was big. Yeah. And I mean, could look, hold its own. I mean, that zombie didn't have a chance. And, no. And yeah. even if it did get anywhere near it, the dog would just run off. Yeah. I, I just, you're not going to chew through a dog's hide. Not that, without taking some serious damage to yourself. Oh, yeah. That, that was just a letdown. You know, uh, that, that was the biggest they blew that moment of the episode to me. It might be my biggest failure as well, but I, I mean, had a bunch the of The episode's tiny. called The Dog. The dog doesn't last three seconds with a zombie. You know, and then we get the scene of it eating it, and then we get the whole stare in the eyes and so on, which... I mean, I guess it was kind of a cool effect, but... But not effective, Yeah, because you well, already was, didn't believe. Yeah, I was already let down, so the yeah. shot was was dead for me. Wasted. Yes. It's wasted. I love the idea of bringing a dog in, because we don't... That's something we didn't really get in The Walking Dead. No, exactly Because dogs right. don't turn, it doesn't seem like. No. Animals don't turn. So it would have been cool to see an animal play a role. It would have been cool if they ended up with the dog. And the dog stayed with them. Yeah, let the dog just be one of its badass weapons. It'd just be a guard dog. It obviously barks when one's near. And I'm with you. Uh, like I said, that was my biggest letdown of the episode. I mean, just, there was some other stuff, but that was uh, that was a huge misfire. Just a uh, massive missed opportunity. Yeah, that that was. That could have been really, really epic, and that could have been something original that the original <laughs> show didn't have. Like you said. Um, is a new facet, new weapon, new something. Uh, so, you know, uh, moving on. Yeah. Anyway, so then Travis is back. They're over at the neighbor's place. They find the shotgun. They get the shell. You know, supposedly get the shells. Travis shows up. They run back to this <laughs> cool little maze garden, I guess, in the back. You know, which was interesting because you heard Nick going right, left, left, right. You know, like you know, he knew how to get in and out of there, and he could remember those things. And um, why was it a maze? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it didn't bother me. I thought it was cool. I thought it was, I knew it was going to end up being a plot point because of them going through all that and showing that. I knew they set that up for that, that it was going to be an issue. I the just problem ha- is they set it up poorly because Alicia is well past this zombie. The zombie has no idea she was there because she made it through the hallway before the zombie came through the kitchen and then she's running through that maze thing and even if she's lost shambling susan yeah just snatches her up before you get to that point you know you know lights come on she sees the shells and then she sees these these feet be home the swinging door i did like that i thought that was really really cool you know the lights come on and you have two sets of dead feet well you didn't have to see the full zombie just seeing those house slippers with the feet there or whatever, just her feet, that was a good moment. It gets my heart racing. You know, it was like, oh, here we go. Da, da, da. I, I, thought it was fan- I thought that was fantastic. I think the lighting and the way they set the light stuff was great. The part I couldn't stand is, is, guess what? We get separated again. And guess what? We have to go through a maze again. And guess what? We're going into a house by ourselves where we don't know where anybody is and you know and so on so there was just that's so stereotypical walking dead of people dividing up and getting into dangerous situations by themselves at least it was alicia who is unaware of what we're dealing with 
I mean, that's the only thing I could, I could give that. Okay. How did Susan die? I saw now, the pills. There was a pill bottle, right, on the table there, and a drink. It made me feel like she committed suicide, but by drinking, you know, by taking the pills down. But why? This has not reached an epidemic level for people to start committing suicide because the world's over. No, and they, it was clearly unknown because the husband, what, she couldn't call him ever? Yeah, he comes home, hey, where you at? Yeah, they seem like a happy couple. You know, she used to watch their kids. I mean, this is normal people. It, it's almost like she was hurt and was trying to take medication. Like, but I wish you would have seen a bite on her or anything. They're leaving so much stuff ambiguous yeah, they're leaving it up for a, imagination, and it's just it's too much. It's too much to try to reach for. And normally, I like when a show treats its audience like they're not dummies and they can figure stuff out. But I'm reaching for certain things, right. like like why can't it's like first episode? Why did what's her name not attack Nick first if they were sleeping next to each other? You know, just how did how did the principal get bit? How did Matt get bit? Right. It's just, man, you got to leave a lot to your imagination. Yeah. I think it's for a lot of people, why a lot of people are struggling with is that, you know, we're having to invent too much to make it work. But I have to feel like this is something they've been thinking about for a year or two to make, right? And they already know the things they've used on Walking Dead. I'm like, dude, there's thousands of different cool, new, inventive ways they could have come up with. People getting bit, you know, unawares. I mean, there is not a single explanation that I'll buy for the principal getting bit. No, yeah. And especially since the other the zombie that supposedly bit him is not even around, you know. Because they make you school. have the perception he's instilled, he was in the school the whole time. Yeah. His, the mic to the classroom was still on. Was still on, and there was some moaning zombie. Yeah, here's the other thing. Now, here, here is the part I couldn't stand about this after I thought about it longer and longer. In the beginning of the episode, we saw him walking through the school. Now, you remember, we were still within 24 hours of him walking. He's fine. He gets bit and turns in less than a day. Matt bit, hurt, they go see him all the same day. Hasn't turned. Nothing's changed. I mean, did the principal just turn really, really fast? Did he? His wound wasn't like he bled out or anything. But here's the thing, too. Why was he bitten and then not eaten? Great question. <laughs> I mean, I mean, did he just turn around and jackknife this dude in the head? Right. Whoever bit him. And now he has a gaping wound that's bleeding out of his back. That doesn't look like it was ever attended to. By like him trying to clean it or medical attention or anything. Instead, we just have a opened bite wound on our back and he's a zombie. There is such a lack of detail in those parts. It's driving me bonkers. Right. Now we're talking about an episode we shouldn't even be talking about right now. But that's the stuff. That's eating us up. That's eating me, eating me up about each one of these episodes. Right. You know, I just... And then... There's no explanation. I'm going to continue to gripe because, I mean, we're on the gripe session now. You know, when Travis does enter the home and he sees the neighbor, Peter, okay, I'm like, okay, he knows what he's dealing with. He knows what he has to do. What is he going to grab and bash this guy with? Okay. Instead, 
he puts his hands up and says, "Hey, man, you okay? What, what's you're going sick. on? You're, you're sick. You're sick. I'm like, I'm. I was pissed. I'm like, he's eating a dog on your floor. There is no sickness that makes that okay. <laughs> he turns around. His eyes are pale white. He's got blood all over his face. He's been eating a dog, and he's just coming at you wordless. He's just moaning and yeah. reaching for you. So you let him get on top of you and everything. I mean... Now, I understand. I don't think Travis knows you have to hit him in the head yet. No. Only but Madison. still, you don't let him get within arm's length and attack you. Right. You just saw Madison get attacked. You know I mean? Come on. So it's like... This is what I'm talking about. Like, they're messing with the rules, and now Travis is a pacifist. Well, you know... Like I said, there were some flaws. I had some issues with some stuff like that. I really, really did. And that was, and it's getting old. It is time to wake up and realize if they're sick, they got to go. You know, and you being around it and trying to cure it or being the good person here is a mistake. And they should all know this by now. This should be a known. There is no excuse any further. And that's the way I felt after the last episode. Exactly. That, that we shouldn't be in this boat anymore. But, and yet, we still are dealing with this situation you know luckily daniel comes in there with a shotgun shoots it right off the face and then you know finishes him off and stuff which i thought was fantastic it's something awesome. that's been missed from the walking dead awesome. it was something new unique and that scene made up for a ton before it to me because i was like heck yeah that's awesome that's there's a nicotera moment we've been waiting on there's what we've been dying for the blood hits the wall his face is half gone the whole nine yards i was like yes that was awesome okay we talk about the details this was excellent detail work it's birdshot he was too far back so it just splattered the dude's face but wouldn't penetrate the skull Perfect. That's perfect. And then you see him. He just inches close, puts the barrel on his face, and lights him up. This was great detail that you're not seeing in the rest of it. Right. It's like, if you're capable of that, which is pretty inventive, you know, it's simple, but it's inventive. Effective. And the same people who think about that shouldn't make so many mistakes with the other parts. Do you think they're putting these details in there, but they're having to edit it down to make for time? No, because there's too much stuff in there to me that that's could be gone. Them sitting around playing Monopoly took like three or four minutes. Well, they could look at that as character development so you can understand where they're coming from as the family of a husband that didn't come home. And they're playing through... I know you have a lot of problems with that problem, but I see where they're giving you background on these characters as a family minus Travis. And so, I mean, I know what they were going at there. It seemed like fluff. I get you there, but I think it still was effective. I really do. Um, Before you get too much further, what do you think about Daniel and Travis? They're kind of bickering with each other. I think Daniel's on point. He's weak sauce. Um, yeah. I think the whole part of him outside with Madison and him preventing her from using the hammer to hit Susan, you know, um, we had a we had a good feedback on this. Um, Melanie wrote in and was talking about how that, or not Melanie, I'm sorry, um, what's his name, Eric? Yeah, Eric was the one who was talking about it, and he said that he thought 
that uh, Travis holding back um, Madison from using the hammer and stuff like that was realistic that, you know, killing is not right and uh, it shouldn't be and, and it's still early and, uh, you know, not completely understanding the situation and that, you know, you don't need to have that on your conscience or anything of that nature. And so I, I, I appreciated Eric bringing those two cents in because it does give you a little more perspective on that, that, you know, hey, we don't kill if we're not 100% sure what's going on. If there's still that 1% chance you could save that person, do you still live for that 1%? Do you still give that person that chance? You know, And I could see that. But when you see that person eating a dog, unresponsive, attacking you, and it takes a, two shots of a shotgun to the head, in my mind, nah, the hammer's going to go down. You know, But... I can see if you're in their world and you're trying to set a good examples and you're trying to live by morals and you don't have the information we have, what happened and transpired was very plausible as well as it showed their demeanor versus Daniel. And that's why you get the whole week, you know, which I think was awesome. I thought the whole scene was great. I take Daniel and his family as kind of loners. Like they don't have close friends they have no family, obviously, that's nearby. I look at Madison having to deal with Susan, who has been a good friend, who babysat her kids. I like the fact that it wasn't easy for her to do what she was about to do. Well, like Madison said, she's like she told Liza, she's like, you need to take care of me if I ever turn into something like that. That right. would break Travis. This like that. She knows what has to happen. She knows that that thing needs to be put down and taken business. She's the one who turns and comes back to find Patrick and to try to save him before he gets attacked by his own wife. You know, she's making the right decisions. I mean, you could almost say that you know it's kind of like she's the Rick of the group, wanting to do right and do different things. And you know, it's like some other people are correlated with the other characters from walking dead to trying to do, go in different directions. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I, I like it. I think it was good. The whole neighbor thing to show that, you know, people, you know, and love and have been around your whole life and how you just have to dissociate that with the, that person's not in that body anymore, you know, and this is just part of that process of realizing that before you have to become a, you know, basically a killer, you know, to survive. Right. And, And like you were saying, first off, before we get too far, there was a scene where everybody's in the truck and they're headed to the hospital. One of my favorite scenes of the entire episode. This was so well done. This was very impressive. The hospital's a war zone. It's surrounded. Uh, There's people out there with guns. You can see the smoke and the way the lighting was hit. Oh, the lighting was was awesome. Amazing. And I was happy that everything was from a distance. And so you had the feeling as if you were in the truck. Bystander view. Bystander view and watching guns going off and mowing people down and, you know, and out, you know, in hospital gear and things like that. I was like, that was amazing. It was the right kind of music and tone. It was like, it was epic. Way to go, Adam Davidson. The writer in that spot, you know, there was a feedback from um, Matt, and he says the only thing that could have made that better is if there was somehow we could have seen some scenes inside the hospital to kind of see where the carnage or the wreckage or anything of that kind of nature, you know, uh, I think that would have been really, really cool to see. I just don't know how they would have fit it in. See, this that's where I disagree. I actually see 
where the parts where I don't want to use my imagination, where I think they're faltering, I think this was perfect. My imagination was just teeming with ideas of what could have happened in there. Because you'll remember, when I talked about the outbreak happening, I was like, it makes sense that a, a hospital would be a mass group of bad people because people are immobilized. Somebody could easily come bite oh, you. Easy victims. And people are dying. Yeah, easy time. victims. Yeah. So, man, the fact you saw that, only thing I was thinking was like, man, it would have been cool to see one like fall out of a window. Yeah, you yeah, know? like the window's broken and then one just falls right. on out. That would have been something. cool. But, but overall, it was so well done. by far the best scene, the best part of the whole deal. Absolutely. It felt realistic. It was absolutely awesome. Um, I think this was the best use and man talk about some manpower and stuff to create this shot yeah no joke i mean there was a ton of cops there was a full-on hospital and how real was it that it takes like six seven maybe eight shots before they finally hit the head and drop the one that's walking in the middle of it you know i just don't think how many times you've seen it where they pull the trigger and one headshot they're gone but it's over it's over 100 feet away no finally one hit you know loved it i don't know and Every think detail too, of there was awesome. You see a little old lady shambling through the parking lot. Okay, you think it's a monster. Maybe you don't try to shoot it in the head. Maybe you try to take the leg out and drop her. Right. You know, and then try to help or see what's going on. Yeah. Once they saw bullets were just tagging <laughs> no. her and she kept moving, they were like, done. <laughs> Fire at will. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but man, I just didn't want to gleam over that that scene because it was so yes, well done yes it was really really done and i even like the part after it where they're in the truck and they're kind of looks like they're going through the hollywood hills and you see the power the power kind of flicker and go out throughout most of the city and everybody's ex- expression is are, are we going to be okay you know is this wow can i mean what do you feel like if you were in that truck and you look over there and your city's going out yeah just piece huge by piece? you know huge blocks yeah vanishing. I, that was like that was really, really well done. I, I really, really enjoyed that part. And I thought, you know, it was a really good leap. And that was simple, too. That's simple special effects they used for that. Mm-hmm. But very effective. Very effective use. Yes. You know, like I said, that, all the camera work from the truck was very well done. Yes. I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Now, I want to talk about some of char- the, the individual characters. All right. Chris, okay, that's Travis's son. Um, I'm to the point now where I can't stand him even more. Would you agree? (laughs) Once you see the things you've seen, I like the fact that he was the first one to run up there and try to help Alicia over the fence. That was good. But I can't deal with any angst. Teenage angst is over to me. So I don't want to see him constantly bickering and and acting childish yeah i I hear you i don't know he's not driving me so crazy he still rubs me raw i mean i'm just yeah um nick in the episode you know the we see them crushing pills again and wanting to know about how many we got and different things like that he kind of just kind of seemed annoying to me the episode there was a part you know just it just didn't feel it, you know. He's one sender back. He's one goes to this house. It was just a lot of stuff that was convenient for him, you know. It just all he cared. I get it. He's an addict. He cares about the drugs. He yeah, he's being drugs. selfish. Is what yeah, he's doing. I mean, I, you know, the woman needs medicine. She gave some, and he's like, she's a stranger. I need it, and I guess is what the addicts supposed to do. It just kind of rubbed me. Um, I don't think you're supposed to necessarily 
like Nick. Right. Well, I've, I've enjoyed his character. I've, I'm, I've liked what they've done with him, but this was the first time it was just kind of rubbed me. No, I don't. I, I think he's doing excellent. To me, he's one of my favorite characters so far. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that you're supposed to necessarily like him. You know, right? You're supposed to like who he's portraying. Right. Um. The. Let's go down another. Travis. This was a huge letdown for me. Yeah, he was biggest just, letdown of this. Yeah, he, he, of, of all the characters, he was the biggest letdown. I was enjoying him the first couple. This one, he he became like the Lori of the group. You know, constantly going back and forth between different people and trying to be the moral center, and instead of just making things worse. And it was just uh, the, he was he was a letdown to me in this episode. And I had such high hopes because he was the one like goes to the church that Nick says was there and he was like then he comes back and was like something bad happened there there's yeah, gore everywhere he was everywhere. a good advocate in the first couple episodes and then they go back to the church where he knows there's gore and then he comes back and he's you know Nick smashes uh, Calvin with his truck several times and knocks him out and so with that and he's just like let's get let's get out of here you know and rushing out he's he, up to this point he's been kind of a get things done kind of guy in this episode, they made him like a pacifist. You yes, know how I feel about so. guns. Yeah. Um, come not on. realizing how to handle the zombie. And I'm just like, come on, man. You, you've you seen more than the rest of them. Yeah. I just, I didn't get that. I, I didn't understand that. You know, the gun, preventing her using the hammer, all that stuff. I mean, yeah, there's some explanations for it that work, but they were kind of letdowns. And then the... I'm really worried about this triangle of him, his ex-wife, and Madison, and how that's gonna, you know, how that's gonna play out. And then every time he communicates with Daniel, you know, it's it's weak. And I hated that they were like com- being competitive or keeping count of who saved who and who helped who. That was kind of weird bickering in the situation. Um, let's talk about Daniel. What is his motivation for not wanting to go? With them, I don't. I don't. I'm trying to fathom it. You know, I didn't understand. I think we're gonna get a little more of Daniel's backstory because you know his wife was saying we've been through worse and survived. So they've been through something. Um, it looks to me like he he wants the house. He's like, yeah, y'all leave. You know, we'll bunker down we'll here at this house. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, I can leave y'all here with locked doors and I can go find medical help if I need to, you know, and bring it back. Or I think he has kind of a good idea, I guess. But for as knowledgeable he is and as go-getter as he is, you know, blazing the neighbor and he's ready to shoot at will, uh, I feel like he has a blind spot for, you know, strength in numbers. You know. I just think he doesn't want to depend on other people. I think that he, he's the biggest adversity is, is when you depend on others, you know, that's a weakness, you know. I don't know. It, it seems like a macho thing, you know. I I mean, I just can, like you said, maybe there's more to it. Maybe we'll find out more. But the rational thought here is, is you, you have a nurse in the group and you have a person who's hurt and you've driven by a hospital that's a war zone and the next hospital you've already said is going to be just like that or worse then the obvious conclusion is to get out of dodge and try to get to an area that's not as affected 
and hope and get her to help and me like that needs to be the top priority yeah get to a small town somewhere right i mean with a small town doctor exactly i just there that rationale fails in my mind it's almost like he's like we're already dead we'll, we'll just ride it out with trying instead of trying to escape and flee we'll just stay here and try to enjoy our enjoy our moments you know i don't feel I don't like know. he's like that because he he's a fighter to me and a survivor well but i he think he knows what has to be done and he calls it like it is you know i mean all his little lines and descriptions about a thing were awesome in my mind right now he's one of my favorite characters uh you know, he's weak, and now we're going to stay here. And, you know, the at the end, you know, we're already – it's already too late. I mean, all those – I thought those were dynamic comments and were perfect, and their timing was great in the whole nine yards. Does he seem knowing to you? It seems like I think he's got experience in something similar. You know, he says – It wants to burn the bodies – Right, like the infection, the she says they've lived through worse, you know, he sees them making markings on the building and he's like it's too late and So this I looks think like he's a, lived through a like Ebola type situation or something. He's lived through an epidemic of some kind and when the military came in they were lucky to get out alive and that all the rest of the family is what's buried in El Salvador. El Salvador. Where, so I think that's going to have a lot of history, that, and that's going to be a motivation for them to be guidance for the rest of the group when this starts going through the military control and everything else. I didn't think to look it up, but I bet there is an actual outbreak that happened in El Salvador. Something. Some kind of epidemic that, go to. that required something like that. They've right. Cr- they've connected it somehow. Where they've had to burn bodies, where they've had to put friends and family down because they were beyond gone. Right. You know, um, That's I a could good see point. that. I, I could really, really, really see that. I, I could see that. I hope they've made a connection like that. I've hoped they've, there's something there and they've used that as a, an avenue or a tool to add spice to the story. I hope so. It'd be terrible to get on there and find out that El Salvador's never gone through an epidemic in its time and military control is not used. That would be like, oh, you know. Yeah. That scene would be like a miss, you know. Yeah, a missed opportunity. You yeah. Know. Um, I don't think he necessarily has gone through a like a patient zero, like a testing no, no, area. No, 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 no. But I think, I think like he went said, through some bad disease outbreak of some right, kind. You know, smallpox, bird flu, whatever. You know, you, some, something that ravaged in an area. Right. They were lucky to get out, but most everybody didn't. And they noticed that when military and other people came in, their solution was to put them down, burn them in mass graves, and anybody that you thought maybe or maybe not, just go ahead and be, play it safe and put them down right. too, you know. And so uh, there could be some history, you know. Um, did you notice that they kind of did the whole Katrina thing, writing stuff on the walls and doors yeah. and everything? Um, you know. Now I didn't really see what he wrote on there. You know, I caught they were spray painting the wall and stuff like that. In the Katrina and stuff, you know, it was kind of like three dead inside, right? Survivors, right. It's like a way to the cleanup crew. Here you go, you know. Uh, I thought that was kind of a unique, you know, connection to real world. You know how they do things. Yeah, it really it brings you back to that 
you know, horrible sight you see of all the houses flooded and how many yeah. bodies are inside and things like that. And so, um, cause I remember in Katrina, they were talking about, they were just t- basically when the water was still high, they were just tying bodies off to light poles mm-hmm. so they wouldn't float away, you know? And it's just like, I could see where they easily wouldn't give a damn about spray painting your, <laughs> your well, walls. Yeah. I mean, it's not like that wall is going to be valuable anymore. But right. You know. you know, and they're making an X. And that usually what they'll do is, you know, men, women, and children. So say the top of the X is men and say they put two and or three or whatever, you know what I mean? And then women on the is the bottom and it's like that. And then children yeah, yeah, on yeah. the side. You know, so I could, it makes sense to make it simple. Right. But, you know, and... uh and then obviously if they come across a house that's been infected and hit two dead inside, whatever, you know. Yeah. I, it's it's very I, I thought it was good. I thought it was something good. I mean, it was yeah. it was a relatable situation and I thought that was uh, a good little extra detail, you know, and, and I think it was cool that like you said, you see Daniel and he's like, Well, it's too late and you know, it's already too late. I thought that was great, you know. I didn't quite understand the part of Nick in between the houses getting ready to try to unscrew the bolts on the window. I mean, I, I'm getting that, yeah, he's trying to get into a house to get more medicine, but the whole turning and seeing the kid with a doll and him waving, what are they trying to show there? What are they trying to represent? What are, I mean, what, what, are we, what are we supposed to take from that right there? I think it's just to, like, Nick's lost, but he's still a good kid. You know, he didn't want to break into a house in front of a little girl. You know, it's like, first off, stupid. Because there's just military just <laughs> yeah, wandering around. You literally have tanks going around. Yeah, go and ahead soldiers and, and look teams. suspicious. And you're over there trying to take a metal deal off the window in between houses in broad daylight. But the thing is, you just saw Susan get her head blown in half. Yeah. I wouldn't look suspicious at all. That and the military is everywhere questioning everybody and yeah. talking about this. And then you had, you know, you had the whole. Right, let's talk about the military coming into this. Patrick goes to hug his wife, you know, you know, and she's about to bite him, and then, pow, you, your head explodes, and so on. Was not expecting this whatsoever. I was expecting to see his juggler get tore out. No, I was actually expecting Daniel. To put this woman down. Nah. Didn't see it. Didn't see that. I didn't... I didn't here's the one thing I or, did. Or, I was expecting Chris to put him down. Nah. Didn't because he was either. just taught on the gun. Nah. All that stuff, you know. He would have blown Patrick's head off instead, you know. That could have been cool, too. It you know. would have been original. I was, try, I was trying to save him. I was trying to save him, you know. And, well, you missed horribly. But no. <laughs> um... No, 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 no. Actually, I would have liked that. I wish they would have done that. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, I was just trying to say. And then the military come in and shoot Chris up for firing a gun. Okay. We're <laughs> going. We, we have derailed. Yes, we have derailed. Um, <laughs> well, here, here's the one thing. When they left Daniel at the house, I was over just shaking my head like, wait, 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 wait. We're all supposed to be together. We're all supposed to be together. What, what's going on here? I was, I was tripping out. I was like, wait a minute. No, they, they've really left. Uh, how are we getting back to the house? I was like, well, there must be a roadblock. There must be something. They can't get out. And then they kind of rope it up with the whole Patrick comes home. She sees it. Kind of like that. And I thought that was a really good way to turn them back towards the house. She had that heartstring. Let them know. 
what's your volume? Because she didn't take care of her with the hammer, it led to this situation. Mm-hmm. Where if she had taken care of the hammer, do you think she turns around and go and let him know what's going on? I think if she would have hit her in the head with a hammer, they probably would have buried her too. You know, and then it was still left, I'm assuming. Then we would have had three giant lumps in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, when the military guy's like, what happened there? He goes, dog died. I was looking at the gloves like, man, that's a huge amount Yeesh. of dirt. <laughs> was <laughs> there like two a dog miles. a cow? Yes. Uh, <laughs> is that a Irish wolfhound in that thing? You know, A monster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, our yeah. mastiff. Our bull mastiff. Died. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I did like the part where the military shot her in the head. It was unexpected. It was cool. It was a cool way of bringing the military into the mix. You know, an unexpected plot. Um, you know, them explaining that we took him away because he had the blood infected all over him. Not sure. And he, he and the comment he made was spot on. He's like, that wasn't his wife anymore. You know, yeah. I thought that was really, really good. Like, they're aware what's going on. They he, know. You have to hit him in the head and they're dead. Exactly. Um, you know, I did not recognize their uniform. You know, like every soldier has like a patches and different like that. I didn't, it didn't look familiar, but I didn't look real hard. Did you look at it and see anything detail-wise? No, I just assume it's the weekend warriors, National Guard um, in the area. Yeah. Um, I, I might go back and try to look at that, you know, and see if there was anything to it. I know there was some feedback saying that it was something unique, not typical. You know, it'd be cool if it was like some, you know, zombie squad. Yeah, you know, you know, epidemic. You know, cl- cleansing unit, whatever. You know. Oh God! <laughs> Just wipe them all out. Just yeah, that's right. Do a man. That's right. Shoot, ask questions later. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like I said, and they were they are all back together, and Travis lets the people know. Yeah, we got nine in the house. You yeah, know, and living tight in here. Yeah. Squeezed in, and you know, discuss you know the dog and the situation, and then here the last part that bothered me of the hell episode because there was a lot of stuff I really enjoyed, and like you and I both said, we are enjoying the show, enjoy the series. We're fans, and we just miss out on a whole lot of little details that would make it just that much over the top. So we're dragging a body out into a carpet rug into the backyard to bury it right and we're taking the trash to the road right Uh, see i think this is just showing how naive because he keeps saying you killed your neighbor (laughs) you have buried your neighbor in the backyard you take the trash out and you see the neighbor on the other side. <laughs> so, yeah, you close the lid and go back into your house. Like, are you expecting the trash to get picked up this week? <coughs> That's what I'm saying. I think he is, he already feels like this has been contained, probably. And they're just working their way through trying so to fix he's everything. Like, well, you know, things are going to get better. Things are going to turn around. You know, yeah. We've had our mishap here but we're gonna we're gonna bury that and move on in life you know we're okay yeah we'll just continue living here with this body in the backyard <laughs> yeah it, we'll just plant a know, garden right the there fluffy dog there we got you know extra amount of nitrogen in the garden this yeah. year um no i think like i said i think that's just him 
being naive, assuming that the police and the military have already cleaned up whatever problem is you know going yeah. on. A lot of these people have lived through riots, you know, already. Not a lot of people live through shooting your neighbor in the face twice in your living room. Right, but the, through the whole episode, Travis talks about how they could be, they're sick, and that they could be cured, and things like that. Did you notice that never called 911, never called an ambulance, never tried to call a doctor? Don't get me wrong. I mean, you've seen this all this other stuff, and you, you'd be like, well, it'd be pointless, but it never, still never happened. Do you think that's out of bounds? Meh. Uh, it would be cool to see them pick up a phone and attempt to dial 911 and it'd just be busy signals. Yeah, busy signals. Are, at this time, all operators are busy. Yeah. Please leave a message at, you know. Or with the power cut on and off, showing a news program cutting on and cutting off. Just you, saying. You, you brought up a great point. We have yet to have anything news or anything related about what's going on i mean not a single tv not a single radio not a nothing i mean in the first episode we got some like cult you know not cult but like some social media clips of people getting bit and attacked like that but nothing since see when when they drove past the hospital it would have been neat to like put in a news channel three and you see a reporter with the camera on her you know at a distance you know just recording the Carnage, you know, that would have been kind of cool just to see. Yeah, or how about the... Because you know they'd be there. Yeah, or how about the, you know, they're showing all that, and then the cameraman pans and sees this person getting attacked and their throat cut out, and, you know, and, like, it's a visual audience. We apologize for the graphic nature, but this is the epidemic we're dealing with, and just have that one story come through that makes people go, we really are in... A world of crap right now you know this is the re- reality of who we are you know because if the military is there and you know doing what they're doing the awareness has got to be there right with the power blinking out and stuff is like i give it about one more day and the power won't come back on right you know what i mean so it's like now that opportunity is gone well just like we talked with uh, you know some of the listeners you know there was melanie and eric and uh, they were talking about, um, we even got another person over there, um, John, was telling us that, you know, in California, the, the power is so spotty, and it comes, you know, because of seismic activity or different like that, it goes on and off, you know, on a normal day without riots going on or any kind of epidemic, so it's so fragile is what basically the word that was used, and so uh, that part, you know, was cool. I, I thought it added a lot of cool tension and drama to the series and in the scenes, the, 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 the power going on and off, I thought that was really neat. You know, I know I listened to uh, another podcast the day, and I thought something was pretty cool. They were talking about like the lighting was like a like a, a gauge or a meter of how things should be going. You know, lights coming on, ah, you know, yeah. lights go off. It's oh, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, but I still radios. You know, I would have loved to have heard like a radio broadcast going on, if not the TV. You know, just. On, because you know it would have been that horrible sound we all hear, you know, yeah. when they break in, you know, public mm. access and stuff like that, you know, the emergency uh. access and stuff like that. They get on your TVs and on your radio, they break in and just give you a huge bulletin. Basically, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear a repeating bulletin, you know, of 
if you see one of these people, do not approach, do not let them near you, whatever, you know what I mean? Right. Stay cautious, stay in your homes, lock your right. doors. That would have been cool. You know, some kind of sense of, you know, there's a public safety scare. Right. Something. You know? Even with the riots, if they just thought it was riots, they would have put in a curfew that would have been broken in and... You know, I agree with that 100%. You know, not only that, like like around here where we live, you know, if you're watching TV or anything, like the station will cut away and do that alarm going across the screen yeah. saying we have a security bulletin or a weather bulletin or whatever. Or just a test. Yeah, something. Yeah. And um, that would be a good little sprinkle, you know, in there to, you know, give us some more realism. Once again, just little tiny details. I think they could, like you say, if they nailed the details on a lot of these scenes, it would really put the show over the top to me. Because I, I think the show is really well shot, like camera, cinematography, all that stuff. Oh, the lighting, music, the tension, all that, that type really of stuff. Good. I think is really well done. You could tell they have a really nice budget, but they just keep missing the details. Well, they keep breaking their own rules. And, and that's you- the thing. The rules aren't, I don't know, they're not set in stone at all you know it's like they just constantly fluctuate and i can't stand it all right last thing we're talking about in the episode nick's outside this house and the plane is is you know we we announced it last time that you know there's going to be a zombies on the plane or walkers on the plane you know (laughs) i i kind of giggled just like i just did here i was chuckling when i saw the the plane you know wavering in the air you know this was kind of neat because the plane's just going normal. And then all of a sudden you just see it one wing side jerk up yeah. and level back out. You know what I mean? Which makes you think that whatever, there's a struggle with the pilot and then somebody gets a hold of the steering and re- rewrites the plane. You know, Yeah, something's not right. You they know. might be literally segueing a little... Yeah, they're, plug they're, basically. That's the second time we've seen a plane. Yeah, they're just randomly shown and seen and having you know have be a integral part. There's a lot of there's a little foreshadowing there. You know, a little little bit of snippets to get it yeah. into the whole. Hmm, wonder what's going on in the plane. You know, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge when it comes. But uh, I think I, that's about it on the show. You know that. Um, like I said, I still am enjoying the series. The, I haven't fallen in love with the characters yet, like I am a Walking Dead person. And a lot of that is because, you know, I read all the comments and I love the characters and where they're going like that. And this is all new, so this is this is a tough pill to swallow some. But I am enjoying it. I mean, I'm enjoying the Walking Dead universe, Fear of the Walking Dead, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, I feel closest with Madison. I think she's doing great. I'm really enjoying Daniel. I don't understand some decisions, but I think we're going to get some background on that. Um, but other than that, you know, like you say, like we say, if they sharpen up some of these details, follow the rules they've created for themselves on the show, I think this uh, it raises the bar up to being where it's pretty close to Walking Dead or, you know, in that in that caliber of show that – we love it that much, and uh, other than that, I don't. I, I can't really see where it's going from that. Yeah, I feel like I, I I did this even with True Detective season two that I nitpick so much that it doesn't 
doesn't seem like I'm enjoying the hour of television, but I am. It's still more fun and better than anything network than 75% of the stuff you're going to find on TV. Right. Okay. Not for non pay channels, especially, you know, um, but I just really, I, after seeing the hospital scene, after seeing the buckshot scene, I know that shows you what they're capable of doing. Mm -hmm. It shows a level they can reach. Right. It doesn't always have to be some big set piece like the hospital or a big special effects scene like the buckshot. Just nail the details for the rules on the zombies, on mm-hmm. on the truck being pristine when they get there and still okay when every other vehicle they pass is burned to a husk. Uh, just little things can go so far on a show like this to keep you feeling the realism, you know? Mm-hmm. But instead, they miss on these little opportunities and... It pulls me out of it too easily. I know it. It really, really does. It really does. You know, I when I went back and watched the first season of The Walking Dead, the, the pilot six episodes, and so on, I couldn't nitpick it like this. I really, really couldn't. I mean, you really, really think about it. Frank Darabont, in the direction he went with all that stuff, there there wasn't that opportunity. The only difference is, is that there was no background information based on a previous show to go to it. All you had was what the comic book brought you, but it followed the rules based on what you would know from the show from the get-go. And that was why I think it was by far the best season, the best part of the show, the whole nine years. This one, they're trying to do a lot of things different, trying to make it more about the humans and the fall of humanity and all that stuff, but not following the rules and not doing what they're doing is... It's just constantly cutting the legs out from a lot of really good parts that could be really, really good. I I agree with you. I think first the season was was well done and stuff, but even then, they were playing really loose with the rules. Can't forget it. Opening scene, Rick Grimes is bent down with a gas can, I think. Looks under the vehicle, sees a little girl's feet. Reach down to pick up a teddy bear. No zombie would pick up a teddy bear. But that kid reached down, picked a teddy bear, and he blew her head off. Remember? Okay. Then you got Morgan's wife. She keeps coming back to the house and showing up at the front door. Well, you you say that. And I've had people debate those things you're talking about. And if you remember, like, even Dr. Jennings talked about how that they're... They're not who they were, but they do still have sprinkles of who they were. And like like them going up to the door and trying to move the door handle, yeah, they, they shouldn't be able to do that, but that's not out of the realm of who they used to be. And Teddy Bear is a little little bit of a bridge too far. I get that, but you know, the, them going up to a door and touching a door handle doesn't so much, or them roaming around the house they're part of. It's more believable. As the series have gone along, they've got away from that. I think that was the original direction. But see, that's what I'm saying. They gave us an opening rule that they had to And then the later ditch. seasons changed it. Right, because there's not a single zombie, even in Fear the Walking Dead, that doesn't just react to noise and sight. Mm-hmm. So even Morgan's wife coming back to the house doesn't make any sense now because... She just would have wandered to wherever some noise was. 
Yeah. I, I, I hear you. I mean, I don't know. I don't they, want to debate season one with this season one. I'm just saying, Kirkman's involved in both seasons, or both shows, and they still don't know the rules. Yeah. And it's almost like, like they said, themselves they blend into a corner. Them or, bur- or they blend them or you know, bend, you know, bend them, whatever you want to call it. And that, that does hurt it. And I want things to stay true. I'm all about follow your guidelines you create. Make it real. I don't get me wrong. I don't want it to be a hyper-real situation, but it, everything needs to be plausible and believable under the rules you create. And for me, to really enjoy it. I think they've gotten much better sticking to a set of rules now, you know, in the later seasons of Walking Dead, which is why I would have hoped and fear The Walking Dead that they would have had that nailed. You know, it's like, hey, we, would could be a come, non-issue. we could come in on this and make this perfect. Mm-hmm. I agree. And not and not miss any of those beats. Right. I agree. Um, you know, there was a preview, and it talked about some soldiers, but I don't even care talking about it. You know, it wasn't much to it. I think we all know that the soldiers are now in, and that's going to be the next big play for where the show is going, yeah. you know, they're staying in their area. And how does that relate and done, you know, that dynamic, I guess, of martial law, um, which is going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I could see where this could really kind of go the opposite way. Most people would think, you know, you think the army or national guard or somebody's there and all is saved, but the potential could be, they could be just as bad or as anything or even worse in your current situation, making it twice as bad. And, uh, that's going to be an interesting dynamic. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I look forward to the possibility of kind of like the Stanford prison experiment where they let normal people be guards and prisoners mm-hmm. and the people that were guards just immediately flipped and just harassed the hell out of those people. Mm-hmm. And then when you pull them out of there, they were like, I don't know what happened to me. So when you think, I know these are military people and stuff like that, but civilians aren't going to want to follow their rules all the time. Right. Well, I've even thought about the dynamic of, you know, there's a, there's a lot of allegations that, you know, just like in True Detective we saw where soldiers were going into these places in Iraq and Kuwait and were taking items and trying to get rich and doing different things and had their own goals as well as the overall goal. Right. And if you're going into houses and sweeping into areas and – you find a safe that's got a stack of cash, you're going to put that in your pocket. If there's a problem, well, they're infected. Pow! You know, and, you know, I, don't I wonder, see if, I wonder if that kind of stuff's going to go on. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. I don't think they're going to go that dark too fast. But I can see that if the civilians in the neighborhood that they now have locked down want to leave and the military is like, no, you can't leave, I can see they easily build a bunch of tension. Yeah, that reminds me of that movie Outbreak where people didn't want to stay in the quarantine zone because of the effect that they wanted to get out and they had to mow them down, you know, yeah. because we can't let you contaminate outer zones. Right. But the way we'd look at it, and Tobias said, uh, you know, by the way, we didn't have Tobias, which was disappointing, um, you know, that there was reports in all these other states. So, you know, containment doesn't seem like a necessary evil to me. Yeah, I don't want to talk about the yeah. other news in other states because that just adds to the point where you should know this stuff already. Yeah, know? exactly. You should be informed. Yes. You should be so. informed. Um, but that's all but, I got. That's all I got. Yeah. 
but like I said, we're looking forward to next week. Um, you know, this will be the next one's number four, and there's only six of them. So I think they're going to have to amp it up. Um, you notice that the pace has stayed the same. You know, we're 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 getting almost 24 hours every episode, it's day by day or day and a half or so on. And so at this pace, we're going to be you know six, maybe eight days in, based on how they go about it, um, which seems really slow, but you know, the, the small details of hour by hour, if you're in this epidemic are interesting. And I think I like the pace. I do. I, I appreciate their pace. And so it actually gives them the avenue to have a second season that doesn't catch up to where the original walking dead started. Thus, we don't have to worry about having walking dead West and walking dead East or that kind of stuff. So that does make me excited about the future of the show. I mean, honestly, I could see this military thing lasting a whole nother season. Yeah, I, I I would honestly I could I would get tired of it. I think uh, eventually the military, you know, what eventually numbers win, yeah. you know, and that's what I think. You, you know, got a lot military start to start making decisions for themselves, you know. Yeah, but you got a lot of bullets, a lot right. more bullets than you got zombies. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, hear. I think it'd be really cool that if a, a small section of soldiers or one or two somehow in the situation end up joining the group and became like an alpha and then that being something where you get a new kind of character that's an actual soldier you know i think that would be a cool character coming in you know some kind of something happens and there's an overrun or we meet our first mob of zombies and you know there's a lot of potential here as being as populated area as we are yeah but i, I still look at it like what amount of zombies could make it through this military? I don't know. Like I said, six guys with automatic rifles and if they aim high, you, you could take that. out 60 zombies without, you know, changing a magazine. They have, <laughs> they have mounted machine guns on Humvees. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about, you don't even need the machine gun. Just hit it with the Humvee. Mm-hmm. You know, I just look at it like, they're really going to have to show me something to make me believe that some shamblers got in there and and took out. I'm, I'm with you. Like I said, maybe the maybe the military are the bad guys when this is all said and done. Uh in a way, I'd like to see more of a still alive human being riot force come and want their guns to survive. Yeah. I could see something like that where it ends up being a bloodbath between rioters and the military and then you've got a bunch of zombies for just from all the carnage yes yes you do uh a bunch at once yeah military so, and rioters all would right. be turning from killing each other basically like civil war creates your new threat which would create a mob of zombies yeah a horde yeah because so many would die at the same time then okay if we follow their rule which seems like five or six hours you turn then hell. But then you follow the Walking Dead rule. Shane turned in T minus 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> I guess when you die, die, you just turn immediately. Yeah. So. Uh, mm, uh, good point. I mean, who knows? Uh, I, I don't want to beat it to death. Let's, yeah, let's move yeah. on to uh, see you next week. Yeah, guys, we really appreciate it. Um, hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter. 
uh, at our email. You know, we love it. If you got a chance to take a few minutes and send us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd really, really appreciate it. Right now, we're rocking all five stars, and if you can keep that pace up for us, that would be awesome. Um, but right now, we're going to cut it, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. But uh, this is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And see ya. ends it ends fast <laughs>